Hello and welcome. My name is Tobia Gigaba. I am a social justice activist, contributor writer for Human Rights Pulse on issues of human trafficking and terrorism, and an aspiring international human rights lawyer. You are listening to a set of podcasts, a series dealing with the issues of human trafficking, child abuse, and of course, knowing how to respond to the question. Over the following weeks and months, Juanita Heedley is going to take a look at some hard-hitting topics with a view to educate, empower, and inspire you to change the way you think, act, and respond to better safeguard the children in your world. And fortunately, your regular host, Juanita Heedley, is unable to make today's show due to the after-effects of the volcano in St. Vincent. She would therefore highly appreciate your support and prayers. In the meanwhile, stay tuned until the end of this show, where I'll be sharing not only how you can get a copy of Juanita's new book, but I will also inform you of some of her upcoming live Zoom trainings and how you can contact her to have your questions featured in a future episode of the show. So today I'm going to take a look at an issue that I've always personally found interest in because of how silenced it is. There's not a lot of awareness um, in what I'm about to illustrate to my listeners. And because there's not a lot of awareness about this phenomena, it was therefore my opportunity to raise my voice about what is going on and what is happening to the children of our world who deserve better. So today I'm going to take a look at the issue of child trafficking surrounding a pedophilic phenomenon happening in the southern and eastern parts of Afghanistan known as Bachabazi or in English terms the dancing boys. Now, for those who might not be familiar with what the Bachabazi is or what's the whole ordeal behind it, basically, Bachabazi is a practice whereby young Afghanistanian boys and their adolescents are used in the entertainment sex industry to perform very seductive dances at male-only parties. Now, the term bacha, which means play, and bazi, meaning boy, paints a very dark and twisted picture of child sex abuse, usually known to be participated by extremely wealthy and powerful men in parts of Afghanistan and Pakistan. Now, this phenomenon presents a system of gender reversal in Afghanistan whereby teenage boys have become the objects of lustful attraction and romance for some of the for some of the most powerful men in the countryside and what i mean by this is that the cultural dynamics in the afghan community remain very complex in the sense that it is largely credited 
by deeply ingrained Islamic values where the society remains largely misogynistic and largely male-dominated. Now, in this male-dominated community, the boys are then used as objects to satisfy a lustful attraction that sees these men dressing the boys in female garments and makeup to play into the female seductress illusion. And so that is why the the whole concern surrounding this complexity of misogyny presented in this male-dominated society is has a spilling effect towards the boys of Afghanistan because now they are treated like emblems or rather objects of which are supposed to personify women. How the recruitment would work in terms of the butcher, the butcher boys is that um, a young, desperate and poverty-stricken boy or teenager would get approached. And after being approached, they would be coerced into the industry, usually through the promises of earning lots of money. Now, the coercion can often be accompanied with a set of threats, intimidation, and even violence at a very extreme times. In fact, I remember coming across a video that was illustrating, or rather, rather a documentary that was illustrating the process of recruitment uh, for these boys. And one of the boys, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was in the age of 15, when he denied being recruited as a bachabazi, he they basically amputated or they cut off his leg because of his refusal to engage in the sex industry. And so that is what usually happens in the recruitment process, whereby even if a boy refuses to get recruited, they have no choice because it usually ends up in the child being harmed and being told that they need to do this by force. Now, after the little boy enters this industry, he is then, for example, hired to attend a party that is perhaps hosted by a very important official or wealthy man. And bear in mind that these parties are only male-orientated and so all these men would gather around this little boy. After this little boy has been trained and dressed up as a woman, putting all the makeup and all the accessories like a woman, these men would then gather together, sit around a circle, and they would watch this little boy dance in a very seductive manner. And then after the parties are finished, what usually happens is that the boys get taken home 
And that's where the sexual abuse continues and gets worse. There have been encounters of young boys being gang raped by men. And there is obviously no way of reporting this criminality because usually the criminality is being perpetuated by security officials or very important officials who are supposed to be the very same people protecting these children. It has additionally also been cited, just to mention that it has also been cited by the United Nations Special Representative on Children and Armed Conflict, that there is evidence to suggest that Afghanistanian security forces in particular were usually the people recruiting minors and using boys as bachabazi. So you guys might be wondering if this tradition is done because of it being legal or illegal. Now in Afghanistan particularly, the hiring, the recruitment and the use of young boys through bachabazi is illegal by law. However, government as well as security officials have proven to be complacent in targeting the criminality. And as I've said previously, it's usually because it is often suspected that they become the very same participants who feel the phenomena to continue. And because this phenomena is fueled by those who are supposed to protect these children, it is therefore hard to to basically put the perpetrators behind bars. Usually people pay their way out of being dealt with by the law, but also you find that security forces know that they are involved in participating in this industry. And so there's a bit of bribery and corruption involved as well. Now, this is not to say that all Afghanistanian security forces are involved in this industry, but it's just to say that it's a very highly organized crime. And because it's highly organized, it is not easy to penetrate it as we would like us to think. Now, recently, Afghanistan was considered as a tier two country by the United States Trafficking Report, which basically means that not only is the country a watch list for human trafficking activity, but the Afghanistanian government has not placed effort in meeting the minimum standards of combating human trafficking as a criminality. For me personally, I am not surprised that Afghanistan is placed on the watch list by the United States of the Trafficking Report because countries that are considered failed or un underdeveloped or semi-developed are usually countries that do not pay attention 
to criminalities such as human trafficking, child trafficking, or child tourism. And this is obviously a huge cause of concern because it ultimately means that children will continue being sexually exploited in these regions at alarming rates. And unfortunately, when children grow up in environments that are psychologically uh, damaging and when it involves sexual exploitation, victims end up becoming perpetrators, especially young boys and men. It is very hard in these current times to find initiatives that support male victims of crime or conflict. And the reason being is because human trafficking specifically has always been known as a criminality that targets women and young girls. And young boys would often be put in the back burner and would not be as considered much of a much much of a concern than what we would consider a young girl or woman who is a victim. As I've said in many of my previous talks and voicing out on the issue of human trafficking, I do not believe that young boys and men should be left out on initiatives that deal and rehabilitate victimhood. I think by us leaving out young boys and men from getting the help that they deserve, we will never see an end to cycles of criminality or organized crime, such as human trafficking. And it is quite sad that we see instances of bachi boys happening in these communities. And it's even worse that we have, or rather those certain communities, have statesmen involved. And that is why it is important for us as the public to raise awareness about these issues because, first of all, not many people know that this is happening. Not many people are even aware of what human trafficking and modern slavery is. People always assume that the action movies that we see of which portray slavery are things happening right under our nose. In the meanwhile, and if we don't speak about these things and raise awareness of what's happening in our communities and around the world in regards to these criminalities, victims will continue being exploited, especially our children who remain the most vulnerable in our society. Now, as my listeners, you guys might be wondering, now that I've shared with you very intense and painful information about the Butcher Boys, what then and what to do? Number one, as I've said previously, raise awareness. 
Not many people know that phenomenons such as Bachabazi are happening in these regions such as Afghanistan, Pakistan, and other countries that we may not be even aware of. So it's very important to go on your social media pages, write about issues that the world needs to know about. It doesn't necessarily have to be about human trafficking. It can be about child trafficking or um, the dangers of pornography or even child tourism happening around the world. Make people aware of what's going on and let them get the information that is needed so that we can step up as good citizens and do something about it. Secondly, speak to local government and ask for intervention. Speak to your local government and ask them what are they doing in causes like human trafficking. Speak to corporates, what are they doing in the private sector to combat crimes like human trafficking. Another thing we can do as well is to educate ourselves continuously about how to recognize victims of human trafficking or any circumstance of criminality. The more we become aware of how to recognize it, the more we can be able to stop it in the meanwhile teaching other people how to recognize it in turn. This way we will encourage a society of people who are accountable, responsible and who care about what's happening around them and their environment. With this being said, thank you very much for listening to another episode of Can You Keep a Secret? I trust that the information has been useful to you. I believe that we all need knowledge and education. And when we have a better understanding of topics such as abuse, it enables us to better safeguard the children in our world. For a better understanding of the topics being covered each week, then please reach out to Juanita for a copy of her new book, Can You Keep a Secret? And you can follow Juanita, message or even email her so that she can answer your questions in upcoming episodes. We can all learn from one another. And this is an educational series that I hope will impact and change not just your life, but also those of other people around you. You can find all Juanita's contact details on her website, changingcases.org. That's changing, C-A-S-E-S dot org. Remember to share this podcast with friends and family members. There are victims and survivors in your world. You just don't know it. But if we can all be educated, then the world will be a safer place. Please tune in next week for another episode. So can you keep my secret?